market and a market trade that's been kind of busy up to the close. Of course, we saw some higher numbers in the corn and the beans. It was lower on the week. days later. On Monday late morning, I was uh, writing my midday commentary for our customers, and uh, I wrote that, uh, of course, nobody really expects crude oil to go to zero, and uh, lo and behold, uh, within an hour... Good afternoon. Know what the damage done was, and and that goes for many of the commodities, not just corn, but as we look at soybeans, as we look at the the beef industry, the pork industry, which is being adversely affected as well. We have to prioritize risk management. You know, we we talk about hashtag takeout um, Tuesday, and we've been kind of toying with the idea of the hashtag Sunday drive once again to encourage folks get out of the house, still doing your social distancing, but let's burn up some fuel. Let's help out the ethanol industry in many ways we can, especially when you look at the weekly ethanol report and it being down another 7,000 barrels a day. Yeah, it was down. One of the encouraging things to me, though, wasn't down very far, and um when you look at the gasoline consumption data, it actually bounced. And as I was talking to about this with my team, one of my team members said, so are people starting to drive again? And I kind of choked it as halfway serious, but they have to drive to the protest meetings. And uh, if you look at a lot of the protests about wanting to reopen America's economy, um, probably more of them than not are in more rural states. And so people have to drive a ways to get them. And when gas is cheap, there's over a dozen states now where gas is below a dollar a gallon. Um, it gets tempting to get out and do some driving, even whether it be to a protest or if it's to get the family out of the house. 
because they're all driving each other crazy is my daughter will get her kids out of the house and just go for a drive and they'll go drive and look at the park where they used to play and, and hope to play again and they'll look at their church where they can't meet on Sunday morning and, and drive around and even drop by grandpa and grandma's house and, uh, and wave from a distance. Well, we got to do it. Got to do things to keep us sane. Now, we've got a quick, before we have to head to break, but real quick, a positive note as weather issues looking at a variety of different locations around the globe. Yeah, it's really drying out in the southern third of Safrina Corn Belt in Brazil. Um, so far, not big yield losses, but that soil is not very forgiving if it continues. It's very dry in the Black Sea in Ukraine's Corn Belt third driest since March 1st of the last 40 years. Um, so, and, and drying out in the northern China Corn Belt as well. So there are some significant production areas that could see some problems with going forward to help offset the demand loss. It's going to be interesting. We'll talk more about that, and we'll look at China a little bit more before we look at the livestock front. It's a Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Arlen Suderman joining us today. Stick around. More's coming up. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVM. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. This storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listening area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the Farnham area in the next few minutes as well. We will be there to alert you to any significant weather events and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south looking at Interstate 80 and literally right off as you head north into Kearney, this is why they have the interstate shut down, water's over the road, so they don't want folks driving through that obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvn.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880 KRVN. We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. Miss anything from Midday on KRVN? Well, don't worry. Subscribe to the KRVN Midday Podcast on iTunes, Android, or the TuneIn app for a recap in ag weather, ag news, sports, business, exclusive interviews, and the current local news. Subscribe and download the free KRVN Midday Podcast now. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman, we left for break talking about these weather issues, the Black Sea region, South America, in China. What's that going to mean for our U.S. crop that's just getting ready to go in the ground? Well, we have a demand problem, as we addressed in the first segment. And so what can we do to offset that demand problem? We need to have a matching reduction in supply. And that can be because of reduced acreage. And while I do see acreage trimming back a little bit, I don't think it'll be near enough to offset the loss in demand. But weather can contribute to that. And so basically, uh, as I look at it, we need to get rid of about 800 million bushels worth of supply against this year's marketing, this marketing year that ends on August 31. And then we can talk about what we need to lose next year. Uh, that would be about 20 million metric tons. So can we increase demand for U.S. corn by 20 million metric tons? Some ways we can do that is if the drought intensifies in Brazil and production estimates drop rather rapidly when that happens, 
and basically we have about a third of the belt that's now just in the early pollination stage and turning hot and dry, and we'll have to see if we get the lost production there. Ukraine's corn belt, there are um, Brazil's our number one competitor. Ukraine would probably be in there number two, kind of competing with Argentina. Uh, on as far as export competitor, we could see significant losses there if forecasters are right. I mean, they're they're just they're the same place we are in their planting season. So there's a lot of time ahead. But sea surface temperatures give increased risks of a hot, dry summer. And as I said, they've been very dry over the last month and a half. Something to watch. China, uh, North China Plain, where a lot of their corn has grown, is, has the same situation as Ukraine, where it's kind of been dry and the expectation is going to stay dry, but again, it's very early. Now, the other thing playing in this is the Phase 1 trade deal and their commitment to buy $36.5 billion worth of ag commodities this year. I don't think they're going to hit 36.5. I think coronavirus really hurt that. Um, but I do think that they could surprise a lot of people, and I've been saying that all along. And I do see some indications that they want to do what they can in this area, particularly in this environment where they are taking so much heat from the rest of the world on coronavirus, and specifically from the United States. They need some PR, some positive PR. And one of the things that I think is concerns them is some of the talk about possible capital controls, which could absolutely handcuff their economy if we did that. And, and they've seen the results of a Harris poll that was taken between March 14th and April 5th, and it asked U.S. citizens, do you favor or oppose the tougher trade policies President Trump enforced against China? 69% favor. Um, and if China fails to purchase those goods, should the U.S. reimpose tough tariffs on them or not? 73% said tough tariffs, more tariffs on China. So this is a winning argument politically for President Trump. They see that, and I think they see it as an opportunity to have some positive. And U.S. prices are really cheap right now. So one of the positives is... If they decide, let's just buy stuff now while it's really cheap and stick it storage. Well, our sources in China, we cannot confirm this, but our sources in China are telling us today that earlier today there was a government meeting to temporarily raise storage reserve opportunities for soybeans by 10 million metric tons, about 375 million bushels, Corn by 20 million metric tons would be about 787 million bushels, and cotton by 1 million metric tons, and I think it's a couple million metric tons of soil oil as well. That may or may not happen in the current marketing year. It may go more into the next marketing year, but if they did that, that would help toward reaching the goal that they need along with the pork that they're buying, which is record amounts of pork right now, very strong amounts and would help, once we get past the coronavirus issue, start refocusing the trade on the demand side of the ledger, kind of changing the tone of the market. So that's a real potential positive that we could. These are all ifs and buts, so we still got to protect their downside risk here in your term, but could turn things around to a more positive second half of the year than the first half. So looking at everything that's been happening um, in China, as you talk about from a grain and pork perspective, um, African swine fever has kind of been, and we've talked about this before, has been kind of on the quiet side, but we're starting to see an increase again. 
We really are. And local provincial governments take have to take responsibility for what's happening in their area. So they don't want to report that they have farms with it. So they wait till they're transported, and then they'll catch them while they're being transported. Say, so we don't know where they came from, but these hogs are positive for African swine fever. And those reports are really going up right now, showing that they have not brought this problem under control. All right, Arlen, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? intlfcstone.com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. Brought to you by the Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.